You're listening to the New Stack Makers, a podcast made for people who develop, deploy, and manage at scale software. For more conversations and articles, go to thenewstack.io. All right, now on with the show. Unleash developer productivity for the software-powered world by fundamentally changing how you deliver software to your customers. With LaunchDarkly's feature management platform, empowered developers can empower the business to release new features faster and more efficiently than ever. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the New Stack Makers podcast. I'm Heather Joslin, your host, uh, features editor of the New Stack. Today, we're going to be talking about the state of feature management. We'll be joined today by Ravi Thursai, who is Senior Director of Product Marketing for LaunchDarkly, a feature management platform. Hi, Ravi. Hi, Heather. It's great to be here. I'm a big fan of this show, so it's really exciting to join you and talk about this. Well, excellent. Thank you for listening and for being a fan and for joining us. We'll be talking about the next generation of feature management tools. These tools are powered by feature flags and they let developers release their code into production without fully releasing them the, the code to end users. What's the state of, of uh, feature management tools and practices? We'll hear Ravi's ideas about what the current status is and what the future holds. And we'll talk about the findings of a new study by Launch Darkly and Wakefield Research about the state of feature management um, is a taste of what you're going to hear about. The survey found that nearly 70% of respondents believe that feature management is either high priority or mission critical. And among organizations that deploy several times a week or more, 77% say their leaders view feature management as top priority. Before we begin, we'd like to thank LaunchDarkly for sponsoring this episode of Makers. And there's a lot to talk, lot to talk about, so let's get started. Ravi, we, to make sure that we're our listeners understand the parameters of what we're talking about, what is feature management and what are feature flags? Yeah, obviously a great place to start. And these are definitely interrelated concepts. I'll start with feature flags because these are concepts that's been around for quite some time in different forms of fashion. Some organizations will use what's called config files to manage uh, application elements. But at the core, feature flags are levers of control in your application, and they allow development teams to turn off features on or off uh, without having to redeploy the entire application, which can mm -hmm. really be a powerful capability. And so feature management is really an extension of that. It provides a scalable framework for teams and really organizations to adopt feature flags at scale as a standardized practice, allowing those organizations to, as part of their standard development process, to release progressively any new feature to any segment of users, any environment, any cohort of customers, in a controlled manner that really reduces the risk of each release and mm -hmm. gives the organization a lot more control over the process of releasing features to end users. So it's a, it's a really powerful capability. The term feature management was actually coined by our CEO, Edith Harbaugh, but now it's been recognized by the major analyst firms as a growing DevOps trend, and we're excited to be at the center of it. Just to give our readers an example of a use case, like that would be, for example, if you had like a premium version of a service versus a basic version of a service, like that would be one one use case perhaps for, for feature flag to be able to turn it on and off. Absolutely. So in that kind of scenario, the ability to beta that new capability with 
a certain cohort of customers to gather feedback from just that cohort of customers Mm -hmm. before releasing it more broadly, being able to test and see that it's working correctly, and then progressively releasing it more. So yeah, that's the concept. What what role does uh, feature management and progressive delivery play in a DevOps organization? Sure. I mean, DevOps has been such a core element to modern development. Uh, when I think of DevOps, I think of so many basic ideal, ideals like collaboration between teams, um, this idea of learning and driving faster feedback from, especially from customers. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, things like measurement, how to understand whether the things that you're shipping are actually making an impact. And feature management really, I feel, enables a lot of those ideals in so many different ways. At its core is this notion of the ability to release new capabilities, new features mm-hmm. into production more frequently. And, and obviously we're going to talk about the the survey, but uh, one of the findings from that survey was that indeed feature management for many of our respondents 40% indicated that feature management was considered a foundational element to continuous delivery. As you can imagine, like this ability to put a feature behind a feature flag mm-hmm. just makes you a lot more confident to release to production because you know that if something goes wrong, you can roll it back. You mm-hmm. can control the blast radius uh, by controlling who gets to see that new feature. So it really just enables a lot more frequent release into production. So I think that's that's definitely one big element. The other element is around delegation. and you know, what's really powerful is that once a feature flag has been added to your application and you're leveraging a feature management system, suddenly you're really empowering the rest of the organization to potentially have the ability to control that release to end users. So just in the scenario that we were you were just mentioning, mm-hmm. maybe a, a premium offering, you know, in that kind of scenario, the development team can add the feature flag, but then the product manager can leverage a feature management system and manage who gets access to that premium service without the development team having to be involved. And for many organizations, that's a real powerful capability. It really, again, enables a level of collaboration across teams that really, I think, aligns with those DevOps core values. It sounds Um, like velocity would be impacted too, because you wouldn't have to go through another product manager could just make a decision as opposed to going through developers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, again, I think that kind of reduces the cognitive load for developers. You know, it's Mm -hmm. sort of adding the feature flag, moving on to the next area. The product manager is able to manage some of those entitlement elements in the, the release process. So, yeah, I mean, it really streamlines the ability to do development at scale in in a more efficient way. Last thing I want to mention is just around measurement, Mm -hmm. because I think what's really powerful is the fact that with feature flags, you have the ability to attach metrics to those flags and gather data relative to those features that that are being launched. So again, going back to our example of that premium service, potentially adding performance metrics like the latency related to that service, uh, to that new feature, Mm -hmm. or the session time length related to adopting that service. So really giving you unique ability and granular ability to 
understand the impact, the business impact of the the feature that you're developing. Let's talk about the survey, which we mentioned briefly in the intro and you've referred to. Wakefield Research surveyed a thousand software and IT professionals at companies of at least 200 employees. So these are larger companies or mid-size or larger companies. What what to you was the most important or surprising finding? Yeah, I'll just mention as well. I mean, this is the second time that we've done this state of feature management survey. We're excited about the size of the sample. I mean, a thousand mm-hmm. professionals taking part in this survey. And I should mention as well that these were folks that have either recently adopted feature flags or are planning to adopt feature flags. So mm-hmm. are using feature flags already or planning to. So now that's sort of the cohort of, of, of respondents that we were looking at with the survey. There was a lot of interesting findings. One that I'll start with was just the number of recent adopters of feature mm-hmm. flags. So we saw that 60% of respondents indicated that they had started their feature flag journey just in the past year, and 20% within the past six months. And obviously, we're as a launch darkly, we're sort of at the center of this. We see a lot of customers getting started. You know, it was interesting to see that so many were were, were very early in their adoption. Mm-hmm. And then related to that was the pretty incredible results that these organizations were seeing relative to some of the their peers who had started previously. We saw that these earlier adopters were seeing faster deployment frequency as well as better mean time to resolution on incidents. It was interesting to see that these early adopters are not only adopting quickly, but seeing results quickly. That was really interesting. And, and um, I think it you know aligns with some of what we're seeing in terms of just the, the growth in this, the adoption of uh, feature management as a practice. And, and just to surface one of those findings, the survey read that uh, 14% of those, those recent adopters are resolving incidents within an hour compared to 6% who had been using feature flags for longer than a year. What do you think that is that the, the newcomers are, are seeing such good performance or just resolving these incidents so much faster? Yeah, when, when looking at those results, one of the things that our team thought about was this overall discussion around developer experience and mm-hmm. you know how to help developers be more successful earlier and faster mm-hmm. and the kinds of enablement areas that developers need to be successful faster. And, you know, when we look at feature management, we think there are there are a lot of those elements. There has been a lot of learnings from, from previous experiences. There's more commercial vendors on the scene that are providing best practices and ideas for how to get started. A lot of organizations sharing their experiences. So we think that might be one hypothesis for why those Early adopters are seeing better success as they're kind of having the opportunity to build upon the learnings from previous adopters as well as the growing library of best practices that are really starting to emerge that they can build upon. There were in the survey clear majorities um, of those who use feature management say they've seen improved processes as a result. For example, 98% of those who use feature flags said that uh, Toggle saved their company money and deliver a demonstrable ROI. What are some of the other more common specific ways in which they're seeing benefits from from using feature management? Yeah, for folks that leverage feature management, there's use cases that often come to mind, things like dark launching, for example, putting something behind a feature flag, 
similar to what we were just talking about earlier yeah. with a, with a premium right. service. Other examples are things like trunk-based development. So this idea of putting something behind a flag, even though it's incomplete, because you know that it won't be seen by users and that you can merge more, more often, more confidently. What's been super interesting, not only in this survey, but as well in our previous survey, is the incidents that we see from respondents indicating they're, they're leveraging long-lived feature flags. I want to talk a little bit about that. There's a couple of different areas that we see organizations leveraging more long-lived feature flags. An example of this is sort of long-term operational controls leveraging feature flags. So you might hear of things like API rate limiting, but basically the concept here is leveraging feature flags to manage kind of overall system elements of the application. An example of this, when I first joined LaunchDarkly, a friend of mine was leveraging LaunchDarkly for a mobile ordering app and was talking about how when their app was used at certain trade shows, that there would be this massive spike in traffic that that they needed to figure out how to manage. And so they talked about how they leveraged feature flags as a way to manage those high peak traffic situations. And the feature flags would basically prioritize traffic that was sort of high priority that they Mm -hmm. wanted to ensure was being responded to quickly and then deprioritize other traffic so that not every customer was feeling slow traffic, that they, they were able to sort of prioritize the traffic in the most optimal way. And that's an example of, of leveraging feature flags in sort of this API rate limiting use case where you're able to manage the system, ensure sort of graceful degradation by leveraging feature flags in that really dynamic way. We saw that 55% of respondents are leveraging feature flags this type of way and this type of notion. And then another example of this is entitlements, managing access to different types of plans, premium plans versus other plans, for example. And again, it's going back to our example that we started with. But again, this is really a a powerful capability because of this ability to allow product managers or other personas to manage who has access to certain features, to certain plans, without having to have developers be involved. Previously, that required a lot of developer involvement, and we're seeing organizations leverage feature flags to um, streamline that. In our survey, 47% of respondents indicated that they're using feature flags for entitlement. So it's really interesting. And part of what's fun in being in this area is we're oftentimes learning from our customers in terms of the kinds of things that they're doing, uh, the kinds of use cases, and so we're looking forward to continuing this survey to continue to learn more as, as organizations find new and interesting ways to, to get value from it. The study found that the largest plurality of, of respondents think they will need roughly an additional $100,000 in their budgets in the coming year for feature management. And it also revealed that basically the closer they are, the respondents are to the C-suite, the less likely they are to believe they'll get that that funding. What, in your view, are the arguments that should be made to the people in organizations that control that that funding, you know, the C-suite or, or upper management to be able to fund um, feature management? Yeah, we did dive quite a bit into this. And part of what's interesting, we took the survey towards the end of September, early October timeframe. So the macro environment certainly was baked into some of what our respondents were, were indicating there. 
I think in spite of that, what was interesting was that we're in this environment where a lot of organizations are looking at their budgets, looking where they can streamline their budgets. Mm-hmm. But we did see from our survey that at least feature management appeared to be an area where many organizations were looking to invest in more. We saw that 80% expected their budgets to grow in the coming year. One of the things that we think is an opportunity for organizations to think about in relation to investment in, in something like feature management is, is sort of reframing some of the conversation. We were talking earlier about DevOps and Certainly, things like DevOps have created a lot of urgency around speed and sort of this quest to get to market faster, to be more competitive faster. And from our standpoint, we've seen that that quest for speed has delivered a lot of value in the sense of more iterative development, uh, faster feedback, more agility. But you also do think that there are still problems, even as organizations make that quest for, for speed. And, and a couple that, that we think are really important is managing the risk related to speed, that mm-hmm. this notion that going faster can also be risky, and how to think appropriately about counterbalancing the quest for speed with ways of managing risk. And then the second one is about measurement and coming back to this notion of measurement. You know, a lot of what we see from engineering teams the measures are oftentimes proxies for actual business value, you know, sort of mm-hmm. metrics around deploys and lead time. We consider these sort of proxies for ultimate business value, but but not ultimately the the, the measure of, of business value. And that there is still this quest to understand that the business value of, of engineering, engineering efforts. And that's where feature management comes in, a way to both manage risk related Mm -hmm. to speed, as well as a way to attach measurements, conduct experiments, and really understand the business value of engineering efforts. So we think those two are are really great ways to think about investment and and ways for organizations to earn more investment support in feature management. The point you make about how developers measure things aren't necessarily how tell you anything about business. I mean, the number of deploys doesn't tell you how customers are reacting to what you're giving them. One thing the report did was sort of indicate that there's a maturity model for feature management emerging. What, what are some of the characteristics of that model? What, what constitutes a, a mature or maturing um, feature management? Um, yeah, this was an area setup. we were interested to explore, uh, something we're seeing with our, with our customers. One of the dimensions we tried to explore in this survey was just around standardization and, you know, sort of going from ad hoc adoption of feature management to sort of team level adoption to multi-team level and, and organization-wide standardization. It was an interesting time to explore that. We, we know there's a lot of discussion around things like platform engineering and sort of how to standardize certain practices. One of the interesting things that we saw in exploring that was we saw that organizations that were earlier in their adoption of feature management saw some quick success. There was sort of this maybe lull in terms of success, you know, sort of a dip in terms of success, you know, in sort of the middle stages of standardization, and then a return to greater success at at full standardization across the organization. Uh, So it was sort of this J curve of, of success 
that actually we've seen in, in other reports. We thought especially of the Accelerate State of DevOps report from 2021, which showed mm-hmm. a similar sort of finding. You know, I think the hypothesis is that when it comes to cultural shifts like DevOps or feature management that require teams to work in a different way, oftentimes there can be early success with a with a small team, but then there can be some cultural and process barriers as you're trying to standardize to the team level and multi-team level before you sort of figure out the kinks in, in deploying it at an organization-wide level. For me, you know, one thing that I thought about was early in my career when I was an engineer and uh, our organization was adopting Agile, one of our adjacent teams had adopted Agile very successfully and was mm-hmm. real evangelists of that way of working. But when when it was passed to our team, you know, definitely there was a lot of skepticism at first. It was a different way of working. There were a lot of bumps in that road to get success, but ultimately we did. And I think that's one of the trends that we you know, observed a little bit in, in this survey is that there are some cultural elements to getting success at scale um, with something like feature management and the opportunity f- as an industry to support organizations as they're as they're making that quest to standardize a practice like this, like any other cultural practice. As, as we all know, like every technology problem is a person people problem at, at its core. Um, exactly. How does LaunchDarkly handle feature management? There's a few uh, areas that we really think are important to be successful as a provider in the space of feature management. You know, I'll talk about a few of them. One of them is this notion of supporting developers. And that's not because we think, as we've talked about, it's not because we think that the, the value is only for developers. But in this particular practice, developers are the ones that are adding feature flags to the code. Our feeling is that if that process is as easy as possible and the cultural barriers and and such are as low as possible to adopt feature flags as much as possible, that the rest of the the company benefits from that. As we've talked about, uh, personas like product managers then have visibility and ability to to participate in the process. So, you know, this, this notion of ensuring that it's easy for developers is, is real important. We offer the, the, the widest array of SDKs, you know, first-class APIs. We make it as easy as possible for developers. The second one I'll talk about is just around governance, which is not actually you know, maybe the sexiest topic to talk <laughs> about. But we do think it, it when it comes to something like this that involves changing functionality in production for end users, finding this right balance of giving autonomy to development teams with the right guardrails is is such an important factor. For us, we've built a you know very comprehensive workflows capability that automates a lot of the release process, but also provides guardrails in, in the form of approvals and integrations with tools like ServiceNow to give organizations confidence that they can deploy and adopt it at scale. One more that I'll mention is just around just the architecture for solutions like this. You know, when you think about the fact that these feature flags can be adopted in a server, in a mobile mm-hmm. device, client-side development is becoming more and more popular. They can be processed anywhere in the world. And so an architecture that is supporting feature flags and the delivery of feature flags 
with security, with reliability, consistency. I mean, it's a real undertaking to build a service like this. And 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 LaunchDarkly has really invested in a global delivery network that gives our, our customers confidence that they can deploy a feature flag in any device, in any situation, and be successful with that. Is there anything new on the horizon at LaunchDarkly that you'd like people to know about or something coming up that you think will be you, you can talk about you be, that you think people might be interested to hear about. We've talked a little bit about measurement and, you know, this notion of rethinking measurement, but also staying core to some of the ideals of, of DevOps. Uh, we've invested a lot in our experimentation capabilities and recently launched some major improvements to our, our experimentation capabilities. And at the core of that is, you know, this notion that experimentation can be a lot more successful when it's tightly integrated to the developer workflow. And we've been really successful in supporting developers. And now with our experimentation capabilities, we really think we're going to be able to empower the entire development team from developers to product managers to their executives to really see the impact of of the features that they're building to optimize those features an example that I like to talk about is one of our customers, CCP Games. They're the maker of um, EVE Online. It's a massively multiplayer gaming platform with millions of gamers on there. They were recently you know, thinking through how to evolve their recommendation engine because they wanted this engine to recommend actions for their gamers that would hopefully increase their ultimate North Star metric, which was not something like deploys. It was session time length, how much time are the gamers engaged in, in the game? And so using our, our experimentation capabilities, they were able to A-B test you know, different permutations and really make an impact in terms of the, the session length that gamers were, were, were having with the game and, and, and the enjoyment that they were having with the game. So that's the kind of capability that we, we think is going to be an increasing priority. And we're, we're continuing to invest in more and more capabilities that give our customers the ability to measure their development efforts. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, I guess that wraps it up for this episode of the New Stack Makers. We want to thank Ravi Turasai for uh, joining us today. And um, we also want to thank Launch Darkly for sponsoring this conversation. I'm Heather Joslin from the New Stack on behalf of Makers. See you next time. Unleash developer productivity for the software-powered world by fundamentally changing how you deliver software to your customers. With LaunchDarkly's feature management platform, empowered developers can empower the business to release new features faster and more efficiently than ever. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's one of the best ways you can help us grow this community, and we really appreciate your feedback. You can find the full video version of this episode on YouTube. Search for The New Stack, and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss any new videos. Thanks for joining us, and see you soon.